This is the Do Big Things Podcast, where we want to inspire you to do big things. This podcast is brought to you by Big Things Crewing, a service for ultra runners from beginner to elite. Not only can we get you trained up, but we can also crew you into the finish line. Find us at big-things-crewing.com. Now, here is your host, Adam McRoberts. Uh, I grew up in Michigan and uh, came out here in 2008 for law school, uh, which was uh, a lot of skiing uh, with some law on the side. Okay, right on. Um, I'm from Wisconsin, so it's funny, like there's so many Midwest people out here and uh, it doesn't surprise me that you're from the Midwest, man. (laughs) Yeah, you know, you, you grew up uh, skiing on 600-foot ice hills. Uh, you want to go play in the big playground. So all of us uh, Great Lakes guys 100%. wanted to be out here. Yeah. So, get- so did you grow up running, or did you grow up with any sort of mountain background at all? I mean, I know there's no mountains in Michigan. Uh, no, I, I uh, played soccer and tennis as a kid, and then I uh, came out here in 08, uh, did my – first 14er in 2009 which was uh holy cross i was in skate shoes and a t-shirt no water uh didn't really know what i was getting myself into uh me and my sister's friend at the time got to the top pretty quick and uh we were like well that was kind of easy let's just go this way so we went down the cross couillard uh which is completely dry and um it took us till about 11 o'clock to go find his car um (laughs) get out of there and I had a headache for like three days and said never again and and kind of the rest is is history I'm almost at 514 or summits uh 13 years later so 514 or summits so have you done all the 14ers in Colorado yep uh I did on the I finished the first time I think in 2015 uh in 2016 did all of them and the Centennials without a car. So biking between the, the ranges, 2,100 oh, wow. 70 days, Whoa. Um, 30 miles a day, 29.5 miles a day. Dang. Okay. Oh, let me, let me pause you right there. Um, I, I, we can't skip over that. So I, I didn't, I, and I don't know if I caught all that. You said all the 14ers and the Centennials and you biked in between them all. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Did, so uh, self-supported journey uh i was supported uh so i had friends driving in and out um uh but most of the peaks i did by myself um but okay. 2100 mile loop uh starting at culebra ending at long's peak um hadn't been done before um and that was exciting to me to to do something that no one had done before for sure and what year was that that was 16 Okay. So my memory is rusty, but hasn't Andrew Hamilton done that at one point? And I'm thinking like Justin Simone, did he do something like that at one point too? Justin did it the year after me, uh, unsupported. Okay. Okay. And, Got it. Uh, and way faster. <laughs> and faster. Uh, okay. And Andrew, uh, had done the 14ers, but not the Centennials. Uh, okay. and I think two years ago, Andrew did the Centennials with a car. 
Okay. Okay. Yeah. I get all the details mixed up, but so you kind of established the route for Justin. Is, is that right? Or did, did he follow any of your notes or what did that look like? Uh, I, I think he picked and chosen. Uh, I think he saw things that made sense and he saw things that, that didn't make sense that I did. Sure. Uh, and so, you know, got to, got to make it more perfect. So wow. to speak. Okay. All right. So, I mean, that's a huge adventure that had to have been a life changer, a game changer. I mean, what, what did you say? 70 days? Yeah. You know, 70 days, like maybe five, five showers, solar showers. That was pretty cool. <laughs> I remember in the days and putting up the solar shower and uh, I'm buck naked and uh, cresting over the hill. There's you know no one there. And then suddenly a car comes over the hill and it's uh, this, this old man and this old lady. And, uh, I was pretty tired and pretty naked. So uh, that just happened. They just <laughs> by and I just gave them a wave. <laughs> and they're still probably telling people about that story. Yeah. I'm sure they're like people in Colorado are just strange. There's this man taking a shower under a tree. <laughs> uh, so, okay. Um, in Michigan, were you doing any cycling at all or was cycling kind of a new thing for you as well? Uh, yeah, I cycle a little bit. My, my uncles, uh, they all kind of do century rides in, in Northern Michigan. Yep. Uh, we have a lake house between on Burt Lake, but between Burt Lake and Mullet Lake. Uh, and so you just kind of go ride, uh, into Harbor Springs, then on the, um, the trail of trees up along uh, M119 on the, on the coast of Lake Michigan. Um, so you can get some pretty nice hundred mile rides. Okay. Uh, I do a lot of running there. So I'll wake up at like four in the morning and go run to Lake Michigan, 24 mile run, or I'll wake up and run to Lake Huron, like 28 mile run the other way. So you did have some running experience. Um, that's more like as an adult, when I, when I go on vacation, I like to, uh, be very strange compared to my, my Michigan relatives. <laughs> okay. Um, and I looked up or I tried to look up your ultra sign up. And if I found the correct person, it doesn't look like you have a whole lot of ultras under your belt. Am I, I don't know. And I don't know if it's the right Robert Barlow, or I think it's under Rob Barlow. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. I've done maybe, uh, I think I've finished two hundreds. Okay. Okay. So, uh, pursuing ultra marathons wasn't a big thing in your mind or, um, are you just sort of new to the sport or what does this look like for you? Uh, yeah, you know, I, I did the thing in 2016 and then from there kind of started, uh, trying to do hundreds. So in 17, I did run rabbit, quit at like mile 72, uh, next year finished it. The next year did, um, cold water rumble which was pretty comical i didn't realize it was winter time uh and one of the you know one of the things about mountains is uh daylight right and so i'd always applied that lesson in mountains understanding that the days are shorter but didn't apply that into running and so i didn't realize how long i'd be in the dark in a ultra in january um so i got to like mile 82 and it was just dark out and i was just like ah i'm kind of done here um which was a comical quit, but a good, a good lesson learned, uh, and then did silver heels in 2019. And that went, uh, that went pretty well. It kind of went according to plan. Nice. Okay. Second place in that one. So nice. Right on. Okay. Um, I think I was out there that year, actually, I don't think I was running, but I think I was there. Nice. Well, 
That's cool, man. So, but it sounds like um, mountain projects are more your speed rather than running ultras. I mean, if you've only got a few hundreds under your belt, but 500 summits, it sounds like you just like to spend your time in the mountains, probably by yourself most of the time, I'm guessing. Uh, you know, I, I got a pretty good crew of friends, but yeah, I mean, I spend a, maybe 30% by myself, 70% with, with folks, but yeah, not huge groups. Oh. Definitely okay. more more of a mountain guy than a sanctioned runner guy. I think that's kind of why I really like the idea of Dolan's. For sure. Yeah. So when you did the Centennials, were you aware of Nolan's 14 and were you tr- like using that route between those peaks in the Swatch range or what, what was that like back then? Um, you, you know, I, I didn't really know about Nolan's. I, Andrew Hamilton did give me some help with my route in 2016. And one of the things he, he said uh, that kind of piqued my interest about Nolan's was, Oh yeah. And then after you do this whole, you know, centennial thing, you're going to be set up great to do Nolan's. And so of course, like that night I go and like, look up Nolan's and like, what is this thing? And so that was kind of in the back of my head uh, when I finished the centennials in 2016 um, that I wanted to go do that. So I spent the next six years trying to figure it out. Okay. And so that was the first you'd heard of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. Okay. Um, and did you, like most of us take a look at Nolan's and say, okay, this is going to be really freaking hard, but, uh, you know, I should be able to do it. I've, I've done some ultras. I've done some hard things in the mountains. Like I've made several attempts and never successfully done it. And it sounds like your journeys spans over a few years as well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think my attitude going into it was let's kind of let's kind of see what happens. Um, you know, in, in six years, I think I put 158 summits of just those 14 peaks together and, uh, I did four attempts. So the, you know, the first go at it, uh, only got four peaks. Um, it's kind of a debacle of sorts. Um, didn't think I'd be out there in the dark, thought I would get to avalanche before it got dark out. Uh, and so I was going down Maxwell Gulch, pretty much in the dark with a cell phone in one hand um, and then using moonlight along the Colorado trail that gets the avalanche gulch. So that was a disaster. Um, I've and, done all of those things. I can relate. Yeah. It was pretty funny. I was just kind of laughing at myself. <laughs> you, you think you haven't figured out, but you just don't. Uh, and so uh, I get to my friends and they're like, Oh man, you can keep going in the back of my head. I know if I go up over Yale, uh, you're not really getting support until here on. Um, so you're, you're jumping from four peaks to 11 peaks. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I went up, uh, up the East Ridge a little bit, suddenly laid down, fell asleep, hour and by, kind of knew that my time was passing, given how slow I was going, turned around and back and uh, slept in my friend Tony's car and called, called that a go. It's funny. Uh, I've done that exact same thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. So that was your uh, first attempt? That was attempt one. Okay. Um, the next year, uh, I would say, so 2020, I got really fit. Felt like I had a really good handle um, on Nolan's. Um, did a couple five peak days, uh, you know, going going Yale all the way to Belford. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was like, oh, I feel like I can definitely do this. You know, these five peak days aren't really doing much to me anymore. Um 
And so felt really confident going into it. Um, had a really good crew, which is, I think, crucial. And we'll get into that when we get to the fourth one. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, didn't I'm just not a good planner. Uh, and so I was kind of relying on uh, then athleticism that time. And um, didn't really have all the food I needed. Got a lot of help from my friend, Hannes Gearing, uh, who mm. also finished Nolan's. Yep, I've had him on. Yeah, great guy. And uh, he, he gave me all of his food on top of Harvard so I could basically keep going. And then he hiked out without food. So, you know, that's some of the stuff that crew people do, particularly for bad planners like me. Yes. Uh, so, so uh, you know, made it all the way over Elberts. And um, well, on La Plata, I, I made a route finding error. I went down to the bottom of La Plata Basin. Uh, so basically, I got sick of staying on the ridge line. Uh, everything looked the same. And on day three or, or night two of Nolan's, you're just pretty exhausted. And so I uh, got frustrated and was just like, hey, let's just go to the bottom of the basin. Unfortunately, there's no trail there and there's willows that are like 10 feet tall. Yeah. Uh, so we spent a couple hours down there, hiked back up to the trail and hiked, hiked out. So I lost two hours there. Uh, took a nap on Colorado 82, shivering, uh, just no plan, no realization that I could have uh, utilized uh, like a warm car or something like that uh, to kind of refresh myself. Uh, so shivered on the side of Colorado 82 and then made the fatal mistake of going up Hayden Gulch, which is the gulch to the west of Echo Canyon, that uh, oh. I had to go over an extra mountain just to get to uh Bull Hill to get to Albert and that wasted like four extra hours. Uh, okay. So, so how many peaks was that? That was 13. Um, made it 13. Okay. Over, over, uh, over Albert and where 110 J meets 110 on the backside of on the South side of massive. Uh, yep. 53 and a half hours, uh, was where I was at kind of knew that with how, uh, beat up I was, there's just no way I was going to make right. it. For sure. Uh, called it there. What was that like? Was that a huge disappointment or like, how do you mentally deal with stuff with a setback like that? I mean, that's, you got pretty damn close, man. I was pretty devastated and, and mostly really mad at myself. Right. Um, you know, the, the route finding errors at the end were, were pretty fatal. Um, you know, without them, I think I might've, might've been able to eke it out. Mm -hmm. Um, so three weeks later, I made my third attempt unsupported, uh, which we would say is not not brilliant, uh, <laughs> but shows how stubborn I am. Well, yeah, and if your your uh, that attempt was anything like mine, I've done the same thing. It's like okay, in three weeks I'm going to be recovered, right? It's going to be just fine, and then you go out there and it just doesn't work out that way. <laughs> yeah, no, you know your body your mind tricks itself into thinking that your body's recovered. Yes. Uh, so uh, I did 10 peaks unsupported. Uh, so got to Missouri uh, and actually ran into one of my crew from this, this go, the fourth one uh, named Nick Medica. Nick's uh, uh, a really good athlete. He's going to do Nolan's next one. Nice. Uh, super stoked for him. Uh, and he on his first try ever got 10 peaks. So uh, we both, both called it quits on Missouri together, uh, which was 
which is a fun bonding moment as we both basically <laughs> crawled to Missouri Gulf Trailhead. Yeah, yeah. So all of your attempts, it sounds like, have been south to north. Yep, yep. Um, wh- like what? Well, I understand that. I understand the logic behind that for the most part. I think um, <laughs> the the biggest thing is probably getting Princeton done on day one rather than you know day two or three. But um, like, why did you never take a crack at it from north to south? Like, what what are your thoughts there? I think it's helpful knowing the splits, right? You kind of know, you know, your first five, six splits. And so you have a good sense of whether you think you're going to make it, whether you're going to have enough juice to go go to day three. Um, and and just the body is so different every day. So some sometimes, uh, you know, most of the times I get up Chavano around 150. Uh, but if it's like 220, um, then I, then I know, I don't really know that I want to make a huge Nolan's push. Um, is, that, and is that a midnight start or what time are you starting? I started at three fifth or three forty one this time. Um, okay. the idea was three forty, so that, uh, I'd be about on top of Chavano at sunrise because sunrise was, uh, scheduled for five forty. Okay. Uh, for Google, um, and it ended up being 5:41 because when we started my uh, Garmin at 3:39, uh, it it wouldn't ping to my phone, and so it didn't ping until the middle of 3:40. So we waited a full minute until 3:41 to start. <laughs> but want to make sure everything is like, you know, uh, done done right. So. For sure. And you're probably sitting there stressing out for a, a solid minute or two going, why God, <laughs> I just want to move. Yeah. yeah. I had a spot X on my second and third attempt and the, the second time I was hitting the tracking button and it wouldn't start. So I like finally uh, gave it to, to my friend Carly and she, she made it work, which was good. Okay. okay. I was so stressed out. I couldn't even make the tracker work. So algae <laughs> <laughs> dolt. So Right. Right. All right, man. So, so this has been like six, six years you've been working on this thing. Yeah. I mean, I started looking at it in, in 2016 and, uh, finally finished it in 2022. So. And this was your fourth attempt, mm-hmm. fourth attempt. Okay. And you made it 13 peaks one time. I mean, that's pretty impressive. So, I mean, you've probably got this route pretty well dialed. Are you using any sort of a GPS or GPX out there? Or is at this point, is it pretty much all just memory? It's memory. I mean, I'm, I'm more of a old, uh, old school, uh, type. So, Mm -hmm. um, it, uh, it causes problems Mm -hmm. because, uh, you know, for instance, off Maxwell Gulch, I made a mistake coming down. I lost probably about an hour. Um, I know that spots uh, in these um, this aspen grove where you make a left and you go slightly over a ridge and then you drop onto some nice animal trails that really lead you right onto the Colorado Trail. Uh, and I just turned a little too high and spent a pretty long time trying to figure out how to get back down to the Colorado Trail. Um, and so I've scouted that maybe six times and like four of them it's worked out perfectly and two of them it hasn't. And this is unfortunately one of the two times it didn't work out great. So, um, <laughs> uh, I, I lost, uh, you know, I was in a, a lightning storm on Princeton. So I had to actually 
just jump down the side of, of Princeton. So instead of backtracking to the upper part of Maxwell Gulch or, or going um, kind of along the ridge that separates Maxwell and Dry Gulch uh, and then dropping into Maxwell, I, I just kind of dropped off the side to no longer be a lightning leader. My hand was buzzing. Um, so I lost a little time there, lost some time uh, on Yale. I was having some breathing tr- troubles. So I, instead of waiting for airplane gully, I dropped a gully uh, early and then tried to traverse into airplane gully. Those are my big route finding errors this time. And uh, my friend had to wait for me. Uh, Nick had to wait for me uh, about four hours on, uh, on Oxford because of those mistakes. They all kind of added up. Uh, it's funny, man. I think I've made both of those mistakes and most people who are familiar with Nolan's probably have. I want to stop you and back you up a little bit. Which, which route did you go up Princeton? Uh, so I went from the Alpine Cemetery. Yes. Uh, and just took the nice little trail there. Yep. Um, and then instead of, uh, I've kind of made the mistake of going too high in that gulch and then trying to follow uh like the section where there's like boulders and there's grass up against each other. Um, I made the mistake of going there too many times and just getting like wallowing in how steep it is. I'm just not a very strong climber uh, or uphiller. We'll call it. That's not really climbing. Um, So I kind of backtracked, you know, once you're above um, blanking on the, uh, once you're above like the initial part of grouse, I kind of backtracked towards that and got on the ridge as early as possible. Got on the ridge. Okay. Took- okay. How is that route? I've never gone up that ridge right there. Uh, it looks, it probably looks like if you looked at the tracker, more like an S is probably what I did um, just to keep the steepness lower. Oh. It's, it's nice. I, I've, I've played on that ridge before. Okay. Like class three. And- okay. I've heard a couple of people talking about that more recently. And most of the time I went up that way, I went up something that we were calling Blake's fast scree gully. And it's just, it's just like a super steep scree gully and you put one foot in and you sink down and then it's just constantly one foot in, you sink down like three feet. And it's so frustrating. That's, that's the thing that I've gotten stuck on multiple times and like just trying to find a different way around that. Uh, It was Hence the the nice little S that I did, which worked out pretty well. Okay. Okay. I feel like I got stuck there this time. Nice. And you had a lightning storm while you were on top of Princeton? Yeah. We um God, I, every time I'm, I'm on up, Princeton, that it's storming up there, man. <laughs> it's just so prominent. Um, you know, there's just such a long run out to the north to Yale, and there's a long run out to the South Santerra. So it just I think is a pretty good lightning leader itself in that mm. it's so separated from the rest of them you know antero has white and, and tab and chavano and cyclone and jones and uh, you know it's just, it's just a much bigger massive over there than princeton is just kind of by itself and i think it just attracts storms yeah yeah um so did you feel like you were in danger up there um i've been in a lot of, of storms that so wasn't like the worst storm ever um i took a video of myself making my hand a lightning leader um but also knew i shouldn't be playing on a ridge line uh, unless i'm curious <laughs> yeah so uh, dropped off pretty quickly after making that video okay 
and you were going for Maxwell Gulch and it sounded like that wasn't quite perfect. And usually when it's not quite perfect, you end up having to bushwhack a lot. And when you make it down to the Colorado trail, you're just like usually soaked, cut up and just thankful you finally found the trail. Is that, was that how it was for you? I think you, you hit the nail on the head. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you got a lot of those sticks that are just kind of sticking up through a, a lot of leaves and hard to see and you're moving pretty fast. And so, yeah, I was pretty covered in dirt. Uh, I wore white shoes, which was funny because uh, those were no longer very white and I uh, had a lot of cuts, um, which is funny because I, the first three, I, I got through very clean usually tab watch. I'm always, I've always rolled an ankle or, cut something going down uh, the backside of, of uh, tab watched towards Brown Gulch. But uh, this time, th- the first time I really got beat up was on, uh, was on Princeton. Yeah. What time of day was that for you? Uh, I think I'd summoned it around, I looked this up. Um, I want to say like one in the afternoon. Nice. One, 140. Okay. So you were cruising and then it was still light out when you made it down to the Colorado trail. Oh, oh yeah. I, I, uh, the sun was setting, um, as I was maybe a thousand feet from Yale from the top of Yale. Nice. Okay. Um, and then, uh, which way did you go up Yale? Uh, I took a ridge called Spike Ridge. Um, okay. So you look for, uh, you go up the East Ridge route and there's a tree that looks literally like a spike. Mm-hmm. And uh, at that point you leave the trail and angle. Yep. Take a left and go bushwhacking uh, and try to uphill it as much as you can. And eventually you're on this hill that diagonal. So you cut off about uh, a mile of the East Ridge and then two miles um, this way as well. So it's, you're taking the hypotenuse of a, of a triangle. Mm. Okay. about that uh andrew hamilton and andrea sansone and i uh uh got to scout together it was um shown to me by andrew and andrea and um had a great time finding it with them in 2020 and uh it was nice enough to for me to be there in daytime uh to see the tree and and really find the route um you know other times or other attempts it's been dark when i've gotten there and so i just try to keep it simple and stay on the east ridge um but being there in daylight i knew i could uh could cheat and go the hypotenuse instead of uh taking two sides of a triangle Mm, yep i've got to ask um i've spoken with Andrew and Andrea collectively for hours, but I've never really hiked with them. So I've got to ask what that's like. Um, you know, Andrew is like the king of Nolans and, uh, but I know he doesn't really claim to be a runner. He's more of a hiker. Did you pick up any tips or tricks or anything from them? It sounds like you did some route finding, but anything else you picked up with them? Yeah. I mean, I think, a lot of it for me has been, has been route finding, you know, Andrew is like an encyclopedia of mountains. Yeah. Um, and they've always just been really, uh, great people to me, always so kind and, uh, been really lucky to, to learn a lot from them. Um, but the biggest thing has certainly been like routes, uh, is what I've, what I've learned from them. Okay. How'd you meet them? 
met them in 11 or 12 on Lindsay. Oh, really? Uh, and then uh, re reconnected with them through a friend of mine, Adrian Green, who's uh, friends with Andrew's um, family. So okay, okay, small world. Yeah. Well, those are good people to know with uh, the objectives you're after. So that's that's cool. Um, and then descending Yale didn't go perfectly. Um, you said you were going for the airplane gully, but went one gully early is that what you said yeah um so i've done airplane gully a bunch of times uh and, and so you kind of traverse on the, the side of this little bump to get to airplane it's the second gully mm-hmm. uh, my lungs uh, get a little iffy i've got asthma and so sometimes i just have to get down quicker mm. and i fill up with fluid and i start coughing a lot and can't breathe in well so i i tried to just skip down quicker which was a pretty big mistake um because then i was just kind of traversing cliffs and mm. ended up taking a nice fall lost my phone uh so that was entertaining uh and unfortunate lost uh, it for the rest of the trip well uh that, that phone is up there so if oh was- that sucks <laughs> There's a few phones up there, man. <laughs> that sucks. Yeah, no, I, I might, I might myself go go look for it and sell it back. <laughs> so. Well, so okay, so if you didn't have your phone, did that? Um, were you relying on that for navigation or anything, or what was that like? No, no. I, I mean, the phone. I was just posting, uh, uh, you know, summit photos or uh, on Instagram Updates and whatnot. Yeah. yeah wasn't it's not a navigational tool for me so for sure. okay so you fell and it fell out of your pocket and you couldn't find it or what happened yeah i had it uh i had a running vest on and it was just in the one of the drink pockets and i didn't uh tighten it before i put it in there and so i took a face forward tumble and it fell out and <laughs> okay thanks so <laughs> wasn't willing to go look for it okay um, I believe I've been down that gully down Yale as well, that first gully, and uh, it's not very pleasant. So yeah, you probably lost a little bit of time there, I'm guessing. Yeah, and, and particularly because I kept, I, instead of just like trying to like bomb through it, I, I kept side hilling because I am super familiar with airplane gully. So eventually I got to airplane gully. Uh, but yeah, I, I had lost more time than I would, would care to, to really reminisce about. It was right. close to two hours that I had, I had lost going down there. Okay. Um, so what's going through your mind at that point? Like, are you doubting yourself or are you still just trudging on or what are you thinking? Um, I kind of knew that I had a good first three peaks. I was probably about an hour ahead of my time. Mm. I did, um, the first three, I think in four fifty-three. Mm. So I was up Antero in four hours and 53 minutes. So I, I felt like I, I had some time to lose. Mm-hmm. Um, but sure, I, I mean, I was definitely a bit frustrated about how going down Yale went, but just kind of told myself, keep it simple and, you know, follow the plan, get up Columbia, get out, get on the trail, get up Columbia and, you know, you'll, you'll make up time later. Yeah. Yeah. And on this attempt, did you have crew out there that you were working with or were you communicating with them through walkie talkie or not, not your phone, obviously. <laughs> uh, well, it was my phone. Uh, oh. <laughs> yeah. 
So I had a, a crew of five. Um, okay. So uh, Jen Nanny, Chris Fever, Eric Tishner uh, were um, kind of like side sidecar crew. Uh, so crewing at, at designated spots. Um, and then I had two pacers for the, for the back half. So uh, Nick Medica, and then uh, he was with me from Oxford to La Plata. And then uh, Eric St. Van Atten, who's just a really good friend of mine, uh, really good, just guy. Um, he's always, uh, he's not really a mountain guy. Uh, so it's funny because the other, the other four are, are really big mountain people. And then Erickson is just kind of this um, not mountain guy uh, who just shows up in the mountains for me uh, when I ask him to do ridiculous things. So he did um, the last two peaks with me. Okay. And the last two peaks is nothing to sneeze at. That's still a big, it's still a big deal, especially for somebody that's not really a mountain guy. Yeah. It, yeah. And, and, and he, you know, he's to his credit, he, he has done um, bigger objectives. He's, he's done Orizaba. He's done is the sea waddle. Uh, Orizaba is a 18500 or 18490. Uh, is the sea waddle's 17159. Uh, he's done Kilimanjaro. Um, so but he, I wouldn't think of him as like a true mountain guy. He's a, he's a, he's a bicyclist. That's what I think of. Uh, he's okay. a really, and a really good runner. He's a college D one runner. So oh, okay. more of just a pure athlete. For sure. Okay. Okay. So, um, I think we're to Columbia. Um, any, uh, any crazy routes or secrets you have on Columbia or was that pretty standard? Um, I mean, there's a few ways to do it. Uh, you know, if I'm there in daytime, I would probably just bomb straight up Columbia, um, straight from airplane gully, um, which yep. is what I've done in, uh, on practice runs. But if it's dark out uh, and you're, you know, not using navigation, uh, kind of follow the keep it, keep it simple, stupid method, the kiss method. So, yep. uh, get on the, the main trail and, uh, follow the Columbia trail at the top. Yep. Okay. And, uh, I was super lucky there. Uh, that's where Chris Siever and Jen um, were waiting for me on on Columbia. So we kind of do a, a swap out of food um, on top of there. So changed bags. So I'd have enough stuff overnight in case it got cold. Got it. Okay. And speaking of which, what were you using to fuel throughout most of this journey? Yeah, uh, I spring energy um okay. the three different types of spring energy the the wolf pack which is actually four different types uh the wolf pack which is like a 350 calorie fruit oatmeal uh smoothie and a squeeze mm. um so whenever i feel really low that's what i use because it bounces back pretty quick it'll help you avoid a bonk um mm. two different types of um like cocoa berry. Uh, one is the one with caffeine. One is without. Uh, and then the coffee. Uh, all of these things, they're really just like blended fruit with uh, coconut oil um, and then a little bit of basmati rice um, and maple syrup to make them sweet. Um, so it's all really healthy ingredients and um, I've always found that 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 stuff really helps me, particularly when I only train with like gas station food. So uh, I, I save the spring energy for when I'm doing a real thing and then train with garbage food typically. 
Um, and then like, you know, the back end with cardiac creep, um, you know, Cokes, Twinkies, M&M, peanut M&Ms, gummy worms, uh, way more sugary stuff. So spring energy early on sugary stuff on the back end. Okay. Okay. Pizza throughout. So pizza uh, throughout. Yeah. Really good about, uh, getting me Domino's pizza. So I, I ate a bunch of pizzas too while I was out there. Nice. Is there a Domino's in Buena Vista? There is. It's in the, the Johnson's Crossing, uh, where uh, 285 comes into f- to 40 or 24. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. Nice. Okay. So we're getting all your secrets here, dude. I love this. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, the pizza in the, uh, in the Ziploc baggies is, is definitely the way to go. Nice. Okay. Um, okay. So Columbia to Harvard. Um, I'm trying to think, uh, do you drop all the way down before you go up into Harvard or how did you get up Harvard? Yeah. Um, you know, past attempts I've stayed high, uh, and found that I've lost a lot of time. Um, particularly my unsupported one, uh, I just kind of cliffed myself out and then I had to sleep on a cliff until I could see where I was going. Oh no. So that was, that was a lesson learned. So I, I had it dead set that this time I was only going to go low. Um, and so uh, that's what I did. Um, I kind of got myself onto like a rocky section I've never been on before because I was in the dark. And um, just the dark is just not a strong point of mine either. Uphill is not a strong point of mine. The dark is not a strong point of mine. Uh, so at I think it was four... 22 i just uh i just gave up on the whole uh trying to hike any more thing and uh put a coat down on the ground as a, as a ground pad and used my bag as a as a pillow and laid there until uh i saw the sun mm. uh, so maybe slept maybe didn't um no an I, hour I, or so yeah i slept for like 63 minutes okay. uh, it was 5 25 uh when i saw the sun and got going again okay. uh, and I think I was on top of Harvard at 640. Nice. Kind of a simple route out of, out of Frenchman Creek. So, yep. Okay. Yeah, rolling grass. So pretty, yeah. pretty up pretty quick. Do you feel like that nap helped you? Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I've, I've taken the nap at Pine, Pine Creek before and I felt like that helped me in the, in the second attempt. And I did that in the third attempt too. It was a spot Pine Creek that I really like. There's a tree where you can put your feet up and the mm. other works as a nice little pillow. Okay. <laughs> um, okay. Um, so you're halfway done. Um, and, and doing all right for time, really. Sounds like uh, if you're at Harvard at 6.30 in the morning, you're doing okay. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I felt good about time. I was maybe a little bit ahead of my, of my 2020 time, the, un, the supported time. Um, so I, I thought I was going to get it done for sure. Um, you know, uh, get down to Pine Creek is, is your next goal. Got down there, uh, didn't really mess around much with it. Um, you know, when you're scouting, you're trying to find like a way to get across it dry. It's just not realistic in June. Right. So I bombed straight through it. Okay. And then there's a route, uh, up Oxford that, Andrew and Andrea showed me, hmm. uh, so I just took that. That's always been very kind to me and, uh, met Nick on top of Oxford at 10 40, I think. Okay. In the morning. 
Okay. Um, I'm trying to think the way up Oxford, uh, I've always gone up and I don't remember exactly. It's been a couple of years, but you're, I usually go up and I'm looking for a tree that's been struck by lightning. Do you know that tree or do you know that route or which route did you take? I, I don't know that. Uh, I know there's a, um, basically a scree gully uh, where the aspens have been washed out by a rock slide. Oh. Um, and kind of stay right in that um, boulder field or, or scree gully. The rocks are pretty solid. Um, so go up that. And then eventually there's an animal uh, trail that goes off to the right. And you okay. stay on that, stay low along that, stay low through the grassy area because that avoids the willows. Um, and then once you're on the other side of the willows in that basin that uh, Belfer and Oxford make, um, then you start going up on the right side. And then mm -hmm. trying not to go too high to the right or too high to the left. So trying to stay more um, basin proper. Got it. Got it. Okay. So Oxford to Belford, pretty standard, I'm guessing. It was uh, 30, 32 minutes across, so yeah, it was nice, nice, nice little foray uh, across. Um, not, are you running not, at this point, or are you just hiking fast? Uh, jogging the downhills, nice. uh, walking the uphills. Yep. Uh, you know, there's there's a cute like group of twenty people on top of Oxford. Uh, Nick Nick pointed it out to me later on, but a couple of them had helmets on. I didn't even notice. Uh, but I thought that was really sweet. Um, and they were, they were cheering me on. So that was, that was cute. <laughs> um, and then Bel Belford was pretty, pretty quick to get to. Uh, and then as Nick and I were working our way over to Missouri, we had a, a grapple storm. And so, um, had grapple, I'd say half, half the time on our way up Missouri, mm. like an hour and 40 minutes to get up Missouri. So like a 50 minute grapple storm. Okay. Did you take the ridge up Missouri? Yeah, we took the, the East Ridge of Missouri. Really? Um, okay. Which is something that Andrew uh, told me by mouth. You know, you're looking for the, the orange gully, go across that, uh, go up to the left, uh, and you, there's like a, a flat spot to the left, get on that, and then you go to the right, and then it's uh, basically kind of a little knife's edge that you, you go up, and then about 30 feet up. Uh, there's two gullies, you can go right or left, and then uh, once you do that, there's uh, just a different colored gully with choss in it. Don't go up that, go across it. Uh, when, when you go across it, then there's a black solid gully um, that's low class five for maybe five, six moves, and then, then you're out. Okay. I have to get out there and perfect that. Uh, I found it easier to go down that way, and I've only really tried to go up that way once or twice, and I got to get out there and perfect that before I take another crack at this thing, but... I'll go anytime with you. Uh, nice. I love it. So. Nice. Yeah. It seems like a, a sporty route. It seems fun out there. <laughs> okay. Only, uh, like really uncomfortable spots. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> um, Missouri. And then it's down to Cloacy Lake, right? Yep. Okay. Yep. So um, off, off there, you just kind of bomb down the, the scree, um, you know, towards Iowa a little bit. Um, and that goes straight to Clohesy Lake. You just re you can reconnect with the, um, the trail that goes down to Clohesy Lake uh, mm -hmm. again by staying high. So you go to the right, um, stay above the willows and then catch the, the trail, re-catch okay. the trail. 
Yep. Yep. Did you have crew down there by chance or they didn't want to brave the road or? <laughs> uh, no, no. I mean, I, I had Nick with me, so. Sure. Uh, you know, it's a pretty huge boost to, to begin with to, to have someone there with you. So oh, totally. We, we didn't really, we didn't really need crew. We, we got to the lake. Uh, I think I ate a Twinkie um, and maybe drank a Coke. Uh, and we, we kind of chilled there. There's a, I've camped there a bunch of times. And so mm. just a couple spots I really like. So we, we hung out at one of those spots Nice. Uh, and we, we set a five minute alarm. So we got a little comfortable, but not too comfortable. And then we started going up here on. Oh, so you got a little nap there too. Uh, well, we, we laid on our butts for five minutes. Um, sure. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. I didn't want to get too comfortable. So, so yeah. I, at a five minute time. Okay. Um, Huron, what's that like this year going up that direction? Um, every year it seems to be just slightly different with the snow avalanches and some years there's cairns out there. Some years there's not. What did it look like this year? Yeah, there, there's still cairns out there. Okay. Um, which is, is somewhat sad. I feel like, uh, we, we don't need those up there, but, uh, it definitely is different every year. You know, sometimes you have a, a pretty nice trail right up the middle of that gulch. Um, once you get high enough, once you're out of the, the rock field uh, and, and you actually have, um, you know, little pebbles and dirt, there's, mm -hmm. there's actually sometimes a trail that, that wasn't like that this year. It was still full of snow. Mm -hmm. uh, so we uh, had to uh, do some tennis shoes and snow action, which wasn't bad. The snow was still firm enough when we got there. Um, uh, Nick is a much stronger hiker. Uh, so it was fun watching him just bomb up that thing. Um, it took me probably 15, 20 minutes longer to get to the top. Wow. And it was raining and, and snowing, um, which was, was a nice change, I guess, from the gravel. For sure. At least we knew we weren't going to get an electrical storm. <laughs> and so when I finally crested over uh, that basin and, and got to the saddle, which at that point you connect with the, the main standard uh, here on trail, uh, it was pretty windy, rainy, snowy. Nick was like, we're just going up there quick. Uh, so we dropped our packs and just went up uh, packless the remaining 400 feet or 500 feet. Yep. Nice little high five and turn right back around. Turn right back around. And then you got a nice cushy trail to run down, I'm guessing. I'm, and I'm guessing yeah. you're running most of that, trying to yeah. keep a good time. Yeah, we ran that, which is nice yep. and cruiser. So. Cool, cool. And then the last three peaks, like, I feel they're big peaks, man. I feel like, you know, going up La Plata takes a long time. And then, Matt, you know, Albert and Massive, they're just big, big peaks. And, you know, they're the last three peaks. You've got to be tired at this point. Um, what's going through your mind? How are you, how are you doing mentally? Yeah. Um, I think you hit the nail on the head. There are, they're really big peaks there. You know, the plot is 14, 300, something 44, 40. Uh, and then, and then of course you got Albert and then massive. So you got the next two biggest ones. And um, they're so, I don't really think about elevation in Colorado. They're all kind of the same. Um, but because they're so much bigger, they're just a lot longer horizontally. Right. That's something that I think people take for granted when you're trying to connect those three peaks, they just take a lot more time 
because of the horizontal distance that you're traveling. Yeah. In terms uh, of um, mileage, it's like more mileage throughout those peaks. Totally. Uh, you know, going from South Winfield all the way to uh, South La Plata Trail out is, I don't know, seven miles, something like that. And yeah. that's just a flat traverse than, than you're doing typically from peak to peak. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of how I was feeling, this time I felt a lot stronger in 2020. Um, I was probably pretty loopy and probably pushed it a little too early and should have taken a longer break before I went for it. Um, this time I felt like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to get this. I, I feel like I, I definitely have this for sure. Um, and in 2020, I, I hallucinated. I was seeing foxes up there, uh, which they, they weren't there. <laughs> Erickson can attest he was with me laughing at me. Uh, this, this time I uh, had a guest book and was wondering why my guests weren't showing up. So Nick uh, was laughing at me because uh, I just was not making any sense. A guest book. Okay. Uh, yeah. I'd explain this. Uh, I, honestly, the brain wasn't not working correctly. <laughs> um, so it made no sense. Uh, the, the funniest thing about it, though, is, is that uh, Andrew and Andrea surprised me uh, coming up to La Plata. So as I was coming down, I did have some guests, apparently. <laughs> so we all chuckled about that. <laughs> they, they ran down with, with Nick and I. Uh, nice. so ran down to the standard La Plata trailhead. Yep. And then... I, I took a 22 minute nap in the car. Okay. Um, was having some, some asthma issues and, and coughing up a lot of, of phlegm and mucus. Phlegm. Yep. Okay. Are you using an inhaler or anything like that out there? Yeah. Yeah. Inhaler. I'll be wrong. Yep. Yep. Okay. Um, it, it, it just seems to happen to me at, at some point. I just get these, these lung um issues you know one day is fine two days fine but at a certain point it just gets a little overwhelming i think for my system Mm -hmm, for sure okay okay so a little nap at the la plata trailhead and that's where you switch pacers as well right so that's got to be a mental boost to have uh you know somebody new to egg you on new conversations yeah, yeah, and unfortunately uh, for Erickson, Erickson was all excited, and I, I was all dejected because I thought maybe my lungs weren't going to let me finish. Oh. So he was all talkative, and and I was a bit in in a bit of a, a pain cave. So at one point, I just said, "Can you please just remind me to breathe?" Uh, <laughs> well, if you weren't in a pain cave at that point, I think that there would probably be a problem. I mean, that's. You're 12 peaks in and you've got the biggest peaks ahead of you, man. And uh, still another, what, 20 miles, I think, for those last two peaks. Yeah, I think it is 20 or 20, 22, something like that. Um, And actually, I should back up as we're going down Colorado 82. uh, Andrew was asking what my plan was to get off Albert. And my plan was, well, if it's still dark out or uh, if I'm not feeling strong, I'm just going to go down and the standard North trail and then hit the Colorado trail and take the 110 road. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've gone West, uh, through some, some scree gullies and really lost juice. That that's actually what happened in 2020. I just got too tired from going down scree. And Andrew said, well, there's this West Ridge spur. You should try that. Um, so he just suggested it. 
and showed it on his phone. I looked at it and I said, okay, I'll try that. <laughs> so that's how Erickson and I went down. Um, and in you've never of, like, been that way before? Never, never been that way. Oh, uh, that's, some, worked, that's gutsy, dude. Worked out pretty luckily. Nice. Uh, okay. And we were doing it. Uh, it was pretty funny when we, you know, you get on top and you're like, all right, well, it's not that. So it's got to be this thing to the left here that goes down that way. All right. Uh, we just kind of drop off the side, but there's like five people there. And Erickson and I were just giggling about what they must have been thinking when they watched us just walk literally off the side of the mountain. <laughs> Um, okay. And you're still feeling confident at this point. I mean, uh, when I got to the top of Elbert, I felt better. I I started to breathe again. Um, and so I could like get more air in, um, and Erickson is a very smart guy. So he told me to put a coat on and I put on my like, uh, winter gloves that I wear, uh, cause we kind of knew we were going to be taking a bunch of tumbles, uh, down the side of Elbert Mm. and, um true to form he, he was right and it was nice to have the the big puffy clothing on because okay. we were pushing the the envelope in terms of speed going down that stuff yep yep okay and once we get the grass took all that stuff off and uh you know getting on top of Elbra, I was probably um an hour ahead of my time in 2020 so i felt yeah. like definitely gonna make it and then my body felt a lot better so okay good um, okay. Down Albert, up massive, just, uh, up the trail. Um, any special routes or anything crazy up massive? No, nothing crazy. Um, you know, th- there's a funny thing. Erickson lost his phone going down Albert. Uh, and actually after we celebrated, he went back and got it. Um, <laughs> it's impressive. Okay. Uh, you should have sent them out to look for your phone too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think he found it like an hour before sunset. So okay. he had quite the day because he did like 20 miles with me uh, and was up all night and then celebrated and then drove back to Albert and hiked back up to like 12,000 feet to go find his phone. Nice. Yeah. I had a buddy that actually lost his phone coming down Princeton and that ruined his whole attempt. He just gave up. At, he, he spent like probably a couple hours looking for the phone and he's just like, forget that's it de- like i'm done <laughs> that's devastating oh man yeah well you pressed on man way to go <laughs> yeah and i kept posting too jen actually uh, on top of columbia didn't even hesitate she gave me her phone uh i couldn't figure out how to get into my instagram i apparently don't know my own password uh so i just her instagram uh which was which was fun to post as jen but <laughs> oh that's funny um okay and then up massive did you have friends on the summit did you i don't know pop a bottle of champagne or what what did it look like uh you know um at where 110 j meets 110 um so where the iron mike road meets the the main half moon or north half moon road uh eric tishner and jen nanny were there jen went looking for me so i never saw her uh but but she was there in spirits. Uh, and I, I switched shoes there. Uh, so put on uh, my, I think my fourth pair of shoes. Um, so I go through shoes pretty quick. Um, fourth pair of shoes, uh, had a, had a coffee from Eric, which was fantastic. Nice. Uh, and then I, I knew it was going to be close. I think I had, um, 
five hours and 41 minutes to get up massive and down, which is 10 miles. Um, and knew that was going to be a big, big push. Mm. Um, so I grabbed a, a 600 milliliter water bottle, uh, and a goo and went no pack t-shirt shorts, got really burnt, uh, was the, was the compromise because I didn't have any of the stuff I usually would have to take care of myself. Okay. Uh, hyper basically hyperventilated the whole way up it so it was just uh full on mouth breathing um <laughs> as, as fast as possible uh with Erickson standing behind me uh saying what miles per hour I was going we're pretty <laughs> pretty in tune with each other um and so he he knew that's what I wanted at that point um so I'm just doing math in my head the whole time um oh, making sure I'm gonna... so you're feeling yeah. some pressure definitely feeling the pressure yeah. uh, and, and comical because I, I don't like to, to hike to the point that I'm panting, um, <laughs> but knew I had to, uh, summited, um, I think with two hours and 40 minutes left. Nice. Um, I think it was two hours and nine minutes. I got down. So like two hours and 39 minutes left. Okay. Uh, knew I was going to finish, uh, as long as I didn't like, make a huge route finding error or, or hurt myself mm-hmm. uh no real celebration just because i for me uh finishing it meant being at fish hatchery within 60 oh, yeah. hours oh yeah um you know it was more of a all right we did it now let's keep going cool uh, mentality so we were we were maybe on nick wanted to take a portrait mode photo and uh i gave him three seconds and, and he didn't get there so i just said i'm going sorry <laughs> Um, and then I, there were times where I was crying and I was like, well, how ridiculous would that be if, if you, uh, fell because you're crying and then because you fell, you like broke your ankle and you didn't finish. So perhaps you should stop that. Um, <laughs> crying tears of happy joy, I'm guessing. Yeah. yeah. Or just like tired emotion or. I'm a pretty emotional guy. Um, I, I cried on top of Antero too. Um, and so, uh, I, I've always been that way. The first time I did run rabbit uh, and I got to the top of Mount Warner on the way back, I knew I only had four miles left. I knew I was going to finish my first hundred. So I was crying that whole time. Uh, Silver Hills cried the the last, I don't know, probably 10 miles. I'm, I'm just a, I'm a crier. Uh, <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. No, no, absolutely not. Um, and so uh, definitely, definitely cried a lot uh, on the way down massive. Uh, tried to give Erickson a hug. He's he's all business. He just pushed me, uh, told me to keep going, which cool <laughs> and very. Pace. It's a good pacer right there. Yeah, he's a he's a Viking. He's got like true Viking blood in him. So he's got <laughs> blonde hair. And he's like six two, just brilliant athlete. Um, but uh, awesome. yeah, you know he's just calling out numbers: uh, three point seven, four point one, five point two for miles per hour. Um, it's seven miles down from the top of massive to fish hatchery. So, uh, with the amount of time we had, I just wanted to keep it close to four miles an hour. Um, and then once we were within a mile, I kind of slowed down and took it all in. Okay. Okay. What does that mean? Uh, took it all in, uh, more emotion. Uh, what was that last mile? Like, uh, just trying to like really see everything. Um, you know, I think a lot of times when you're going that far, uh, you're 
trying to minimize your feelings and trying to minimize the, the experiences, not take as much in. Um, and so, you know, even giggling about fish hatchery signs, uh, you know, those didn't used to be up there. It didn't used to say right or left for fish hatchery. Uh, so that that's hilarious to me that, that you get that added benefit, you know, particularly when you know that Andrew missed it by like 14 minutes because uh, he got lost in those trees one time. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, the, the blue blazes, um, the trees, the birds, uh, I joke around a lot that I'm getting old because I love the birds. Um, I really like the, the early hours out there and even the, the after storm hours, uh, you know, six, seven, eight, nine o'clock. I love being out in the mountains and just listening to birds. Um, and so whenever I hear them, I really like to just soak it in. Um, and so I think I was pretty hyper vigilant in terms of what I was experiencing that, that last mile. Yeah, yeah. Well, the senses are all heightened at that point. Um, yeah, emotions are just a little bit wilder than normal. So yeah, I'm just trying to picture it and I can kind of understand. Um, fish hatchery, did you have a bunch of people waiting for you? Was there a big celebration? Um, I think I heard that Andrew and Andrea were there at the finish. What was that like? I mean, I mean just the culmination of this whole thing finally coming together, six years, four attempts. I mean, um, were you just so exhausted that you couldn't quite process it? Or when you came down to fish hatchery, did it all hit you? What was it like? Uh, it was pretty neat. Um, I, I, I do have to back up Nick, Nick actually. So after pacing me for five peaks, he took like a nap and then he hiked back up to, to massive. So he surprised mm -hmm. me on top of it to answer oh, that question. Cool. Um, that's why he was there to, to try to do portrait mode with an impatient me. Okay. Uh, but uh so we get down um so nick and erickson are with me uh jen's there jen's uh always been just a, a really good friend um she helped i'm a terrible uh organizer planner uh so she really helped push me having like goals in terms of planning organizing uh scheduling out stuff making sure i had food packing the food uh all the little things that i'm just terrible at and that's what really made this, I think, a successful attempt um, is, is all the little things that Jen was able to do. Uh, so that we had a we had a hug uh, and a good moment together. And then um, uh, my friend Dan Rosboski was there. He and I trained together. So we did uh, a bunch of four 14er days, a couple five 14er days. He did a seven 14er day with me and I did eight that day uh, in getting ready for this thing. He also tried Nolan's and got 11 peaks. So he had done 11 and um, then knee hurt. So he, he dropped out. And so it was pretty special uh, getting to share that with him. Nice. His girlfriend, Austin was there, um, which was really nice to see Austin. She, she bailed us out on a, on a 414 or day where we uh, just didn't make it to our next car. We had set up a shuttle, but didn't, didn't get there. Uh, so all, all that sort of help that, that goes into these sorts of preps uh, is really hard to fathom, but we got a ton of help along the way um, in terms of people going out of their way to make it possible for us. Um, Eric Tishner was there. It's good getting a hug from him. Um, he was wearing one of, of Jen's shirts. Jen made a bunch of shirts, uh, so that made me giggle. Um, one of my friends from uh, the professional world who's a – uh, now a distance runner. He ran level 100 last year. Michael Sager was there with his girlfriend. He brought a bottle of Prosecco, um, 
which I hadn't drank for 60 days. Uh, so I had a sip and that was enough to really, uh, get me, uh, um, uh, out of my normal mentation, we'll say. <laughs> uh, Andrew and Andrew were there. Um, uh, Alyssa Boa and, uh, and her, her boyfriend, uh, Davidson were there. Um, they, they brought me tiramisu, which was so good. I call them the super couple. Uh, and I joke that I can learn a lot from them and, and frankly, shouldn't be joking, could learn a lot from them in terms of, of relationships. They just have this beautiful relationship that I love watching. So, mm. uh, it was really sweet of them to come visit. Uh, there was a, a gentleman named Matt Randall who was just kind of there. Uh, so that was, that was neat to meet him. Um, and it was fun just kind of like talking and bouncing off stories with, with all, all these different folks. Um, uh, a nice kid named Alec was, was there too. Uh, and so I had a good time um, between being really exhausted and then comically being a ham about the whole thing. Uh, I'm not usually a huge fan of being the center of attention, um, but it was, it was fun to, to goofball in it a little bit. Yeah, yeah. How much time did you spend there before it was time to, I don't know, pass out or go get food or whatever was first? <laughs> well, well, I had the, the tiramisu right there, which was, was pretty clutch. Um, okay. uh, you know, I, I did a shirt change and then uh, uh, what, <laughs> Jen had, had made a sign that said, holy shit, you did it and uh, <laughs> put it on Nick's car uh, and then they put a, a chair out there for me. So I, I definitely basked in it a little bit i'd say probably about 40 minutes you know it was like 20 minutes of just like I sat there and talked to everyone mm -hmm. uh, and that was just like really special and then 20 more minutes of uh like goofball pictures and eating tiramisu nice and then what was it sleep dessert like did you celebrate i'm just curious what people do like almost right afterwards uh i probably don't do it the right way i, I can tell you that much um so we we went to a mexican restaurant okay uh, i ordered cheese quesadilla and um it tasted like cardboard to me uh, uh so that wasn't terribly satisfying uh so jen and eric and i had, had mexican um and then we went back uh to an airbnb and i think i lasted maybe 10 minutes before i was falling asleep sitting up mm. And then uh, put my put myself to bed, and 14 hours later, I woke up. Nice. Okay, man. Went to bed at 5:45 and woke up at 7. Wow. 7:45. Okay. And you wake up at 7:45. What's the first thing that comes into your head? Must make coffee. Coffee. Okay. <laughs> Was your body pretty right. wrecked, or were you able to walk around, or how how were you feeling? Yeah, um, muscles good. Um, had a little groggy. Uh, skin on my feet is usually one of my bigger uh, Achilles heels, so to speak. Um, and so uh, both my pinky toes didn't have a lot of skin left, uh, but everything else was pretty intact. And then my feet were just really swollen. Mm. So legging it on the outsides, trying not to like. Uh outside this is kind of a weird walk yeah uh, 
but once I got to the kitchen, I just sat down and there's a Keurig there that was really confusing. It said cups or ounces and I picked cups or I think, which was apparently to go to the big uh, giant like that uh, for like a typical drip coffee. And I just had wanted a cup and a cup meant to put it in a cup. Yeah. Totally wrong. So I had to wait like 28 minutes for this thing to brew 12 cups of coffee. Oh. It, uh, just kind of laughing at myself like that. That would happen. That's pretty hilarious. Devastating. Uh, it, was, it was pretty devastating. It was like 28 minutes of, of terror. <laughs> I was like everyone up. Um, and then eventually got to make my little one cup Keurig. <laughs> popped out right at that time and we had coffee together. It was really pleasant. Cool. Really cool, man. Well, congratulations. I mean, it's, it's a long journey to finally get this thing done. You've got to feel pretty, pretty decent about yourself. I mean, uh, you seem like a humble dude, but I mean, it's gotta feel some, it's gotta feel pretty good to check this thing off. Yeah. Yeah. It, it feels really good. Um, you know, it's, it's a, it was definitely a monkey off the back, uh, for me, um, and a weight, a weight off my back. I mean, uh, I didn't, I don't think I would have finished without my friend's help. I really, I really do think Jen and Nick and Eric and, and Erickson and, um, and Chris like made the difference. Even, even Chris Tomer, um, gave me some weather updates that caused me to actually go a day earlier. I was going to start on a Friday, but I started on a Thursday because of the weather up Chris. Uh, I don't think I would have finished that either because Sunday morning when I woke up, uh, both Massive and Albert were socked in from Leadville. Ooh, okay. Um, so it wouldn't, it wouldn't happen if I started Friday. Um, but um, yeah, it, it, it's for me, it's a, it's just a group group achievement. Um, but pretty um, pretty grateful for for everyone's help um, making it happen. I I'm a pretty I, I say I'm a pretty average athlete, and, and so I think really the the scouting and the the help from my friends i think got me over the over the hump uh barely yeah yeah and i guess i don't think we mentioned you finished with a half an hour time to kill you finished in 59 hours 29 minutes and for this thing to quote unquote count it has to be done in under 60 hours so i mean uh you had a little bit of time to kill too so congrats there as well <laughs> it definitely didn't feel like time to kill him <laughs> i bet i bet um real quick like did you have like let's talk gear like what were you using or was there anything that was just really clutch that you couldn't have gone without and i, I guess i'm always curious were you listening to music or audio books or anything out there or no headphones or what, what was your experience? Uh, no headphones. Okay. Uh, you know, gear wise, I had uh, this Patagonia hat that's been with me for a long time now. Um, had Oakley sunglasses, uh, which younger me would always just wear gas station glasses, but it was pretty helpful to keep the the sun out. Usually I just have like really bad bloodshot eyes by the end of something like this, but this time I didn't have any of those problems. So it's okay. funny. Uh, when you have nice, nice uh, glasses, apparently it helps. <laughs> uh, simple t-shirts, uh, short shorts, just cause I'm a goofball. Um, a pair of uh, rain pants for the rains. 
um, from Arteryx, uh, and then three three pairs of Hocus B goats, and one pair of Norda RZ something or other I can't remember, uh, but they're also a Vibram sole shoe, uh, pretty similar to a Hoka, kind of a next generation Hoka. So the speed goat, I've never been able to wear the hokas out there on that sort of terrain because the platform's a little too high and I'm kind of prone to rolling my ankle. And then if I do, you roll it extra far with the hokas. You don't yep. have that problem? Uh, I've rolled my ankles a lot. Um, and so when I do roll them, they, they come back pretty quick. Like it's okay. like 10 minutes of peg leg and then suddenly I have some pretty good range of motion again. Okay. I attribute just to being mostly very broken. So, <laughs> right. <laughs> but, but I get it, that high stack height can be uh, problematic for sure. Yeah. Well, I'm glad it worked for you because I'm sure that that's helpful. Just having that extra cush out there. Yeah. It, pros and cons, right? You, you, you energy loss. So there's a little extra effort. Uh, you know, I wear all sorts of shoes. So I, I even wear ultras and, um, I have a pretty good sense of what my perceived rate of effort is given each shoe. Um, so that there's a little extra effort in the Hoka, but the body is, is I think a little bit more protected wearing them. So okay. quickly, I think because of that. Got it. All right, man. Well, and lastly, like, I know you just finished this thing and we're trying to stay present and everything, but I've got to ask, like, what's next? Do you have any plans in the works or any thoughts, any projects on your mind? What are you thinking? Uh, yeah. Um, I'm going to do high five 100 next ah, sweet. August 12. Um, you know, I, I kind of like things that not a lot of people have done. Yep. Um, and, and so that's definitely one that the, the finishers list is, is short. Uh, Let me so, ask you this. How did you get into that without Nolan's being on your resume? Uh, just a, applied and, and got in. Okay. I thought you, I thought that folks had to have sort of a stout resume to get into this thing or not really. Yeah. My, uh, my application said I like mountains exclamation point. Oh, perfect. Okay. Right on. <laughs> well, that sounds like a cool race and that's in what a month yeah august 12th okay you so, feel like you're going to be recovered and good to go by then uh, training started yesterday so yeah nice i think i'll i think i'll be there by by that time but I, i'm not gonna say i'll be 100 percent ready but um definitely see how the body comes in the next few weeks and, and then go from there okay. and then probably do uh, rim to rim to rim um i've done it before i really like it yeah that's probably Probably a fall activity though. Yep. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, it's perfect for the fall. I've done it a couple of times and both times were actually on Thanksgiving weekend, I believe. So um yeah, that's that's perfect, man. What was that? Was it was it uh how warm was it? I'm curious about this. Oh, it's still warm down there, but I think like half of the water spigots were still turned on. So I had there was enough water supply down there. It was hot, but not blazing. You know, it's like you start out with a jacket in the morning, you take the jacket off, it's shorts and short sleeve for almost the entire day. Uh, one time there was a huge inversion while I was down there. So it was really overcast on the bottom. And then as you came up to the top, you got up above the clouds and you couldn't even really see down in the canyon. That was pretty wild. Incredible. But honestly, it's probably the perfect time to do it. It's like perfect weather. Okay, cool. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I, I did it in October and it was a little overwhelmingly warm down there during the day. Okay. Okay. 
Thanksgiving weekend. That's the time to do it. <laughs> cool, man. Well, I just want to say thanks for sharing all your secrets. Um, you know, you can, I feel like people can give their secrets with Nolan's because it's not really going to help anybody. It's like, you still have to go out there and train your ass off, put the time in, scout the thing. It's going to take you a lot of time for anyone to put this together, but I always appreciate hearing all the little details that people put into this thing. So, um, thank you for that. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I mean, this is a, that's, I've learned a lot from, from word of mouth from, you know, from Andrew, uh, in terms of mountains from, from Hannes in terms of, of ultra efforts and stuff like that. So, uh, I'm always happy to share anything I know and, I think that's one of the beauties of, of these sorts of activities. Yeah. Uh, people are willing to, willing to share what they know. Yeah. A hundred percent. And it doesn't sound like you live too far from me, man. So we'll have to get out for a hike sometime. I mean, if you're headed out to Buena Vista, Leadville, I mean, it seems like I'm out there dang near almost every weekend. So give a sure. shout and we'll have to hit something up at some point. It'd be great. Yeah, I love that. Cool. Love that. Awesome. Well, thanks so much, man. I really appreciate this. I enjoyed every second of it. And uh, yeah, uh, thanks. Appreciate you. Have a great night, dude. Likewise, you too. Take care. All right. See ya. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you like what we are doing at Big Things Crewing or you enjoy the podcast, please consider donating to us on Patreon. Patreon.com slash do big things is where you can drop a dollar in the hat, so to speak. I'd like to thank our loyal Patreon subscribers. Without you guys, this isn't possible. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. I'd like to thank our sponsors. First of all, Exoskin. Their running apparel keeps you comfortable in absolutely any condition. Say goodbye to chafing and blisters. Check them out. Exoskin.us. Use our discount code, capital BTC, for 15% off. I also want to tell you guys real quick about Bigger Than the Trail. Bigger Than the Trail is a 501c3 tax-exempt organization that is using trail running as a platform to advocate for mental health. If you've ever thought about getting therapy but aren't in the position where you can afford it or you don't have insurance, Bigger Than the Trail offers you free therapy for three months. Yes, you got it. I said it. You heard it right. I couldn't love what these guys are doing more. I signed up for it. It was quick. It was easy. Within 48 hours, I had a, a therapist that met all my pre-requirements. It was all matched up with me and met my personal criteria. And I met with her every week for, I don't know, a couple months. And, uh, you know, I, I, I met with her until I felt a little bit better. And, uh, you know, I'm trying this thing. You guys should try this thing. And, you know, we can all do it together. Look up Bigger Than the Trail. Sign up for the services, and let's do the small things in life that eventually lead us to doing the big things. Let them know we sent you. Also, we want to thank Alter Ego Running. They make pre premium performance hats. Everyone needs a good lid or two when you're out running on an epic adventure. Uh, these hats should be your go-to on everyday runs, epic adventures, and just cruising around town. Check out Alter Ego Running. Use our promo code, capital all caps, do big things, and that's for 20% off. Last but not least, this podcast is brought to you by Athletic Brewing, the finest non-alcoholic craft beer in the market. 
Check out athleticbrewing.com and use my discount code McRobertsA20, all caps, for 20% off the finest non-alcoholic beer around. Enjoy the taste without the hangover. Remember, guys, life is short. Do big things, baby. Pedro, take us for a run. <laughs>